And we join on the line now uh, by Nadir Token of 274 Investment Managers. Good morning, Nadir. Good morning, Sakina. Good morning to your listeners. So, Nadir, let's start by looking at those uh, U.S. crude production numbers that came out yesterday and the impact that that's had on the oil price, which is looking much nicer this morning, I'd say. <laughs> definitely is, Sakina. So, I mean, if we look at those numbers, definitely more optimistic than what analysts had expected. We saw, um, you know, U.S. crude oil production climbing for the first time since April this year. And uh, the, the impact of the lower oil prices in general ever since uh, the middle of 2014 has really not been, well, has been a lot less severe than what analysts had expected on the U.S. oil production market. I mean, if we saw uh, the numbers that came out yesterday, 8.7 million or just under 8.8 million barrels a day being produced for the month of September by the U.S. Uh, oil industry. Uh, that's an increase of about, uh, you know, that's an increase of about 60,000 barrels per day from the, from the August numbers. So really encouraging for the U.S. oil, oil industry over there. And there's actually, in fact, reports now that a number of low-cost uh, U.S. oil drillers uh, can currently start to drill new wells and add to that production without tapping the market for additional funding, given that they are cash flow positive. Now, obviously, we've seen a recovery in the oil price over the last couple of weeks, uh, over the last, uh, you know, six to eight weeks or so, and it was really sparked by uh, the OPEC meeting in Algiers, where the OPEC nations agreed to, ca- to, to cap or cut uh, uh, crude oil production uh, on a monthly basis. And uh, ever since then, we've seen U.S. Uh, oil output ticking up slowly, which is obviously uh, not good news for the for, for uh, major oil producers because it's adding to the supply glut. And uh, that's why we saw oil, oil prices uh, reacting the way that they did yesterday, Sakina. But uh, ultimately, you know, the U.S. oil industry seems to be in better shape than uh, what analysts may have originally projected and what the International Energy a- Agency may have originally projected. I mean, if we look at the numbers, the number of uh, operating oil rigs in the U.S. peaked at about 1,600 rigs in October 2014. That number dropped to a trough of just over 300 operating oil rigs, and uh, we now at over 400 operating oil rigs. So even the number of oil rigs operating has gone up, meaning that uh, you know one U.S. shale oil production is getting a whole lot more productive, and you know, or a whole lot more efficient, should I say, uh, with the cost of uh, extract well, of, of extracting the oil uh, coming down significantly. And two, the recent increase we've seen in the oil price is definitely positive for that industry, with a number of the players now being cash flow positive at these oil rates and being able to drill new wells and bring more oil rigs online. So, Sakina, definitely positive news for, uh, you know, what uh, is, is, is going to be an increase in petrol prices in South Africa. Um, in fact, that's happening at midnight tonight. So, uh, hopefully, with the rand strength that we've seen over the last couple of days, or, or in fact yesterday in particular, and if the oil price can continue along uh, this vein, uh, hopefully we can see some relief from that point. And, uh, you know, it really does have a massive impact on South African inflation. So, uh, because there is quite a big pass-through in terms of transport costs and everything else, um, when oil prices and petrol prices do go up. So, hopefully we'll be able to see some relief after the petrol price increase this month. Well, we certainly hope so. And then uh, here at home, the trade balance numbers that came out uh, yesterday, Nadir, talk to us about those. Yeah, so 
Christina, really encouraging again. You know, we've seen, uh, apart from August, where we saw an, an 8.6 billion rand deficit on the trade accounts, um, th- these numbers have generally been in- somewhat encouraging so far this year. Um, you know, in fact, uh, I stand to be corrected, but I think after uh, the September numbers of six, uh, 6.6 billion rand surplus that was recorded, um, we in fact running a trade, a trade a surplus so far this year, which is a massive improvement from what we had seen last year, and perhaps part of the reason why the RAND isn't coming under as severe pressure as what it did last year. Obviously, um, you know, monetary policy developments in the uh, developed world are the primary reason for the RAND strength, but uh, it's certainly been helped along by the trade deficit numbers, which are consistently uh, coming in better than expected, apart from, uh, you know, a spattering of months where we've seen a trade deficit recorded. Ultimately, um, of the 6.6 billion RAND surplus recorded for the month of September, Sakina, we saw imports surging by over 10%, 10 uh, 10.1%, sorry, that's export surging by 10.1%, and uh, imports, uh, you know, in fact falling for the month of September. Now, uh, you know, one may anecdotally read into that as demand is fairly weak in South Africa, or maybe may read into it that, uh, you know, our manufacturing sector is making a strong recovery of its base. I suppose time will tell, and when we get more clarity from the PMI numbers, uh, we'll get more direction uh, from that. But certainly a positive that, you know, we're starting to record consistent uh, surpluses on our trade accounts, um, and hopefully, you know, that, can, that, that, that is ultimately long-term positive for the RAND. And then, Nadir, uh, the impact of the NPA's decision to withdraw charges against uh, Praveen Gordon. Um, yeah. <laughs> Take your pick. Yeah, look, I mean, I think uh, investor sentiment all around was really given a massive boost by this because ultimately, uh, you know, the, the, the point is that investors don't like uncertainty. You know, and decision-making is put on ice when uh, there's uncertainty regarding policy. I mean, we see it happening in the U.K. with a Brexit vote. You know, we're seeing that, uh, that a lot of corporates are putting on hold any investment spend because they're not sure about where policy is going. And this is ultimately what this is all about. Um, you know, when your finance minister is charged with corruption, uh, there's not a lot of policy certainty as, as uh, with respect to, um, you know, structural reform that is trying to implement into an ailing economy to try and get growth going again. Um, you know, they, they really seem to be talking the right language, uh, you know, the Praveen Gordon and National Treasury with regards to, uh, you know, getting growth going in the South African economy again. We're starting to see the green shoots of that uh, starting to emerge very slowly where, uh, you know, even though economy the economy is fairly sluggish. We are showing, uh, seeing some green shoots of recovery. Um, you know, so the policy set uncertainty was just what we didn't need at this point in time. And uh, you know, with that, with those charges now being withdrawn, um, you know, we're seeing a very positive international reaction to the news. In fact, uh, even the Virgin billionaire Richard Branson weighing in on the debate yesterday, saying that he's very, very pleased uh, that these charges have been withdrawn. So, you know, Sakina, at the end of the day, it's positive for confidence. It's positive for sentiment, and we saw that we saw that being reflected uh, in our bond yields, as you mentioned at the top of the show. Um, that we've seen a 14 basis point strength or, or decline in our 10-year bond yields. That is our cost of borrowing, uh, meaning that uh, you know investors are now demanding less of a premium uh, over and above the rate they can get in developed markets to lend the money or, or, or to, borrow, to lend money to South Africa over a 10-year period. So you know 
that's undoubtedly a positive. And the biggest reaction we obviously saw was in the currency, with the rand strengthening over 2% uh, against the dollar, or over 2% against the pound and euro as well. Um, and, and it's really on the back of improved sentiment. And remember, Sakina, that a strengthening rand really has a major knock-on impact to uh, the rest of our markets in terms of uh, hopefully it starts to bring our inflation numbers to within the Reserve Bank targets, a ban for inflation on a sustained basis. Um, and that could potentially mean, uh, you know, a, a pausing or possibly even a, 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 an ending in the, the interest rate hiking cycle. Um, and with, uh, who knows, with inflation remaining contained, and if it does remain contained for an extended period of time, we could be potentially talking about interest rate cuts. Uh, sometime into the future, uh, you know, second, third quarter next year, although it's still far too early days to say, to say that with any degree of confidence. But, you know, strengthening RAND certainly does help those inflation numbers and does uh, put less of a strain on South African consumers who are already under immense pressure with, uh, you know, with inflation as well as uh, uh, high indebtedness, etc. Well, we're going to leave it there for this morning. Thank you so much, Nadir Token, analyst at 274 Investment Managers.